So Alabama sneaks one out at Ole Miss, the best win of the year. Um, and I don't really know what to feel. We'll talk about it. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I'm good, I think. I think your open sort of nailed it. It's a uh, it's a cavalcade of emotions following the Ole Miss win. Some good feelings and some, uh, you know, I, I think it, you know a lot of the same issues are still there. Uh, but it, but it was good to see them gut out a win in a, a tough environment. You know, and I think that's man, what a great way to put it. Um, because first of all, I want to thank everybody for making this your first listen. Also, want to thank. Sling TV. Sling TV is the sponsor for this podcast. Check out Sling TV. They are awesome. I'll also tell you about Upside Nissan in just a bit. But, Jimmy, yeah, I think gut it out is a, is a great way to put it. And considering, I think, the um, one of the, the critiques of this team has been how much heart do they have. I think that was, that was a great win. Um, there was a, an, an Auburn poster on Twitter that, that put this out and said, you know, when Auburn beat Texas A&M last night, which I have a lot of thoughts about that too, but when Auburn beat Texas A&M and everybody's going nuts and they're giving Cadillac, you know, Gatorade baths and everything, he's like, that's the difference between Auburn and Alabama is that Alabama goes on the road, beats the number 10, number 11 team in the country, and their fans seem a little miserable. We're three and six playing for nothing and we beat a bad Texas A&M team without most of its players, and we're as happy as we can be. And my answer to that was, yes, that's exactly the difference. And it's true. <laughs> you can use it as an insult or a compliment. I don't care which one you want to go with. It's fine because both of them are true. Um, it is both an insult and a compliment to both parties uh, because I don't ever want to get to a point where I celebrate a win over a bad three and six team when my team is already three and six. I don't ever want to give somebody a Gatorade bath for that. So, because it means you got to the three and six spot. Anywho, um, but I think the point is also on target when you talk about uh, Alabama fans not enjoying a, a win like Ole Miss as they should yesterday, because that, that was a good win against a team that had a lot more to play for than we did. They had a lot more to play for than we did. They also um, don't hate their coordinators. We hate our coordinators. <laughs> that's that's also true. Um, overall, though, Jimmy, would it, just give me some some thoughts, and then we'll get into the weeds on the game a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we could do a whole show, I think, on um, on Auburn and Texas A and M, uh, but in just this, to me, this one sense, I don't know how A and M fans are handling or resign to the fact that their $100 million coach took a better team to Auburn than Auburn has and lost to Carnell Williams. I mean, I, I thankfully, as bad as things have been at Alabama, and I'm talking about pre-Saban, uh, things haven't been anything approaching that since the coach Saban arrived. But even when things at Alabama were – were really bad. I, I mean, 
you know, A&M was preseason top six, <laughs> preseason top six. And, and, and now they lose to, to interim coach Carnell Williams at Auburn. Just stunning. But nevertheless, this is locked on Bama. And, uh, you know, some of the issues I think that dog this team are still there. Uh, I think Bryce's health and his shoulder uh, are still a thing. He has been inefficient two weeks in a row. I'm not blaming anything. I'm not saying Bryce is playing poorly. I think it's a shoulder. But two weeks in a row, he has less than seven yards per attempt, which means he's not throwing the ball. Alabama's passing attack is not efficient if you're not averaging seven yards per attempt. And it's been under that number two weeks in a row. That I believe, I haven't gone back to look at those numbers, but I'd be really sure that's the first time that's happened in Bryce's career. Uh, at Alabama. Uh, some of it's still on the receivers who still, uh, I mean, it was cool to see Kendrick Law step up and, and be a new name. I think he's sort of replacing Holden uh, in the lineup because we didn't see Holden again and, and we saw Kendrick Law. So I guess Law's replaced Holden in his spot and Kendrick Law looked good. That was encouraging, but we're still now 10, 10 games have come and gone and I'm not sure we have a receiver that I would call super dependable, not one somewhat Brooks, somewhat Burton, but gosh, I mean, is anybody going to, if, if there was a third team, all SEC, would any of them make it? No, no, not even if there was a third team and, and they're playing with, with such a talented quarterback. Um, Jace McClellan, I thought really stepped up. Gibbs banged up his ankle a little bit and McClellan, I thought had a really good second half and the defense uh, generally was 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 really good. Byron Young should be our player of the week, uh, offensively or defensively. But I, I've been bragging on him all year, really. I'm glad to see everybody sort of catching up on this. I realized that was probably his biggest game or his best game. Byron Young's been good from game one. He just doesn't play the snaps that other defensive linemen around the league play because we play so many two defensive linemen uh, uh, groups. So there's only one. A lot of times there's only two. Uh, we try to play five or six guys, so all of them are playing very limited snaps, including Byron. And even with those limited snaps, that dude's been making plays like that all year long. So he, he had a good performance. Brian Branch, I thought, was really good. Uh, Kool-Aid was so good, Ole Miss didn't even test him. Did Kool-Aid give up a catch? I mean, he he's really turned into maybe arguably the best cornerback in this conference. Uh, I thought Arnold sort of struggled. Uh, I think Henry Toa Toa played a really good game. He's pretty good to me most weeks, but he was really good yesterday. Uh, Lawson came back and finally played, uh, showed his athleticism. Uh, very disappointed in that one play by Dallas Turner, which almost helped us choke the game away at the end. That was a really bad play. I mean, sometimes I think those face masks are bad luck uh, more than recklessness. Uh, but gosh, Dallas, I mean, Dang, let go of the guy's head. I mean, you almost got a delay of game penalty. You were on his helmet so long. That, um, that, I got to. I want to stop you right there for a second. You, you, you've opened up a lot here. Um, yeah, I thought that play uh, and what what was awful about that play. It came after a previous uh, another sack, and so it's like third and eighteen. And he shot through the gap so fast. And if he grabs anything else, the play's dead and it's over. And we just get the ball back and move on about our merry way. And the defense has uh, caught all this momentum. Instead, this was so emblematic of 
2022 for us. I mean, the moment you think, here we go, here's where Alabama does Alabama things again, we grab a face mask and, I mean, scarily almost take his head off. And I don't think Dallas Turner meant to do it intentionally. Yeah, I mean, I, I know what you're saying, like, let go. I, the way the play unfolded, and I'm not – I think it was almost like he's holding on and it, it's just his human instinct to hang on so he doesn't get slung around too because if he lets go, he probably goes rolling on into the sideline. <laughs> um, it, it was just an unfortunate play. I don't think it was quite as malicious as it looked. Um, but, I, but you know. Who would be malicious in that circumstance? I, I saw Ole Miss fans still bitching about it on Twitter this morning. Like, who would – who? yeah, what, what I mean is – on a third down, it ends the game. It ends yeah. the game. If we, if we just sack him or even don't sack him, if Dallas just grabs his ankle and Jackson Dart throws it in the stands, Alabama wins the game, really. And, I mean, of course it's not on purpose. On purpose means Dallas Turner went, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to give them an automatic first down. Coach will be real happy about that. Uh, I mean, And, and almost kill somebody. When we watched it live, I mean, when we watched the replay, I should say, um, if his helmet's on there any tighter, it's almost like he jerks his head off. I mean, you hear that all the time, and it's cliche in football. It almost looked like he was going to take his head off. Jimmy, I'm glad he wasn't injured. I mean, I I am too. I I didn't want him to be injured. It was an unfortunate play. And I know Dallas Turner didn't – you could tell Dallas Turner. He puts his hands on his helmet as soon as he does it, like, oh, my God, I can't believe that happened. I don't think Dallas knew the severity of the way it looked. You know what I mean? So, um, Jimmy, let me tell everybody about upside – upside offsets, inflated prices by giving you cash back on purchases. I use upside all the time. I got a son who drives now. I have a daughter who drives very shortly. I'm going to tell her to download the upside app. And the reason is not because you're going to make a gazillion dollars, but you're going to make some money to offset inflation right now. It's an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With upside, you don't have to cut back quite as much because you get cash back on every purchase. So if you go fill up, then if, if as long as you log in through the upside app really quickly, you don't have to do anything special. You just click the app, tell them you're at the store, and then there you go. Next thing you know, you're making cash back, and you can start uh, depositing that in PayPal or whatever. So easy to download the free upside app. Use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more when you use the Upside app. I promise you I use it all the time. It's so easy. You get money back on your groceries. You get money back on your gas. You get money back on all these things. And, um, yeah, it's just great. I mean, you'll start going to gas stations where uh, Upside gives you cash back. Sometimes they give you like 10 to 15 to 20 cents back per gallon. So, and in the end, you know, when you fill up a bunch like I do, that starts adding up and it's just, it's free money. So just go get it. Go to Upside, download the apps. That easy. What are you doing? What are you sitting here listening to me for? Go get that. All right, Jimmy. Um, some other things to point out. Uh, Bryce Young still, I mean, I'm glad. I think national people are finally starting to see that, okay, we all know Bryce Young's not repeating his Heisman Trophy winner. We all get that. That's And I think everybody is okay with that, even Bryce. But I think people also see now Bryce Young's the best player in the country. That he he is getting zero help from his receivers. I know Burton caught a touchdown, and that it was actually – the pass was unbelievable. The catch was great. 
the pass was surreal. Um, and uh, I know that Brooks caught a touchdown. And again, great. Um, he Bryce had to wait and and bide his time and had this masterful sort of pump fake like he was going to run to buy himself another split second to be able to throw that. Then he had to uh, – Gary Danielson, for all his woes, he did a great, masterful job of explaining how he had to loop it over another defender, arc it over another defender. It was, it was beautifully done. I, I, I think now the rest of the country knows what you and I have been saying this whole time. Bryce Young's the best player in the country. He will not win the Heisman because Alabama's record isn't as good as it should be, and he hasn't been putting up the numbers of somebody like a C.J. Stroud who's at Ohio State and still in the ballgame late against Indiana, slinging touchdowns that mean nothing but – just pad his stats. I'm not trying to, you know, put down C.J. Stroud or anything. I get it. That's that's what you do. You pad your stats. C.J. Stroud's very good. C.J. Stroud ain't Bryce Young. There is no other player in this country as good as Bryce Young, and I want people to understand that because while we may not enjoy this win like we should because you know what this win does, all it does, and this is true for all Alabama fans for the most part, when we win a game like this on the road against a top ten ish team that has everything to play for and we have nothing to play for when we win that game especially when we get defensive stops to win that game everybody's like where's this been all year instead of yay everybody's like should have done this before and look it, it i get that too because we have set this standard of always being great i get that i understand it at the same time we should enjoy it a little bit more and if you can't enjoy the win as much as you should at the very least Appreciate Bryce Young and understand we have two more two more games with Bryce Young. Yes, I'm excluding the bowl game because if Bryce Young plays in the bowl game, he ought to be drug tested, whatever bowl game we're in. He's going to probably play for a minute against Austin P, and then he's going to play against Auburn. Show up to these games if you can, people. Support this team and specifically support Bryce Young. <clears throat> yeah, uh, we won the game because of Bryce and Bryce's playmaking ability, and he is he's the best quarterback that's ever played at Alabama. Also think, like I said earlier, I, I think these last two weeks have, have sort of been lesser Bryce than we normally see. Again, I think it's the shoulder. Uh, I think it's the receivers. It's not him. He still has it in him to make great plays and great throws. He did that yesterday. I loved the, the, the touchdown pass to, uh, to Brooks. Uh, unreal. He made this little short fake on it to buy himself more time he's just such a natural just the ultimate point guard quarterback I think the NFL is going to love him he just needs to get that shoulder a little healthier uh, one thing about you know I've been saying for a couple of weeks or a week or so uh, that I, I assume Bryce wouldn't play in the bowl game I'm not a hundred percent sure he would sit out I mean I believe he would I think it's probably the right thing for him to uh, is sit out of the bowl game but Based on the results yesterday, Luke, I, I think most likely today, and it's really almost hard, harder impossible to say, but today I think the most likely bowl destination for Alabama is the Orange Bowl against Clemson. Um, and, and if that's not the case, the Sugar Bowl against TCU. But I think the, the Orange Bowl against Clemson is the most likely thing. And if it's Alabama versus Clemson in the Orange Bowl, I, I think Bryce is going to want to play in that game. I, I, and it, it, there's going to be a big game feel to that. I think it's going to be referred to as sort of the the playoff game that's not in the playoffs. I mean, just in the sense that Alabama and Clemson will have just missed 
I mean, today I would project Clemson's going to finish fifth or sixth. Alabama's going to finish around seventh. You know, so you're just out of the playoff. You're playing each other. The long history of Alabama versus Clemson in the playoffs. I think some of our players who, including Bryce, who their initial instinct is, well, if it's not in the playoff, I'm going to go ahead and start getting ready for the draft. They might go, hey, boy, playing Clemson in the Orange Bowl, I'm just going to walk away from that. Um, So I'm not ruling out Bryce uh, or even Will playing in that game. Uh, But, but, you know, gun to my head, are they going to play? I would say uh, absolutely. uh, I wouldn't rule it out either way. But my my guess would be they're not going to play. But I'm not going to be surprised if they do. Uh, by the way, as we're recording this, I'm watching the NFL game in Germany, um, and Julio Jones just scored a touchdown. So good for Julio Jones. We always like it when Alabama alums kick butt in the NFL. Julio yeah. Jones goes to Germany and and destroys Germany. We should have sent him over there uh, in World War II, it sounds like. I mean, he could have just ended this thing quickly. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you're right. I Maybe it would be great if, if he played. I, I don't think he should play. I don't think he will play, especially if it is Clemson or TCU, two teams that um, have good defenses and have good pass rushes, and so he could get hit more often. Um, I, I, I don't want him to play in those situations. If we play like a sling it all over the field kind of team, I'm fine with it but um, because – I just don't want Bryce to get hurt anymore. I mean, is it, you're right. It's obvious his shoulder is is still messed up. Um, he's not doing all the Bryce things. He's doing enough, though. I had Brian Passick, noted uh, Alabama radio play-by-play basketball guru, Brian Passick over at the house yesterday watching the game with me. And, um, I mean, we just kept remarking how he is so much like a point guard that he just – he goes out there to even when he shoves the ball, even sometimes as a pass. I mean, he's just so he's got such good uh, field awareness and uh, knowledge of the game and where everybody's going to be, and which is even more frustrating that he doesn't have receivers that have uh, that don't have enough of that awareness to where they should be. I mean, if Bryce isn't Bryce, we we probably have two more losses on the season. And that's a scary proposition, you know? Yes. And it's true. And it's, it's not that it's not true. When I hear that, I, I, it kind of turns me off. Not that it's not true. It's a hundred percent true. Where would we be without Bryce? We, we wouldn't be maybe about to play Clemson in the orange bowl. We'd probably be, you know, Googling directions to, to the Gasparilla bowl. And is that an sec thing? I mean, I, who knows where we'd be without Bryce, but also, when I hear that, I'm like, you know, we recruited Bryce to Alabama on purpose and thought he would be our starting quarterback. And this True. was kind of all by design, not luck. And where would uh, the Warriors be without Steph Curry? Where would uh, the Chiefs be without Mahomes? Where would Buffalo be without Josh Allen? I mean, yeah, he's he's an unbelievable player. We'd be in trouble without him, just like a lot of good teams would be in trouble without their best player. Uh and, and and that that is true, but and man, I, I'm going to be really sad when Bryce's time is up. I'm real curious to see what happens at quarterback in the spring. I think fans need to adjust. They won't, but they need to adjust. We're not going to replace Bryce with Bryce. I think we're going to replace Bryce with a good player. It just won't be Bryce doing Bryce things. It'll be 
Jalen doing Jalen things or Ty doing Ty things. I, I think they're both going to be good players, but they're not going to be Bryce Young. He, he's the best player that's ever played here. I will be pretty surprised if I'm saying the same thing that Milrow or Ty will one day be considered the best quarterback that's ever played at Alabama, uh, like I say about Bryce. Jimmy, now I need to tell everybody about Nissan. This week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be just watching Bryce Young. I mean, I I know this is turning into a We Love Bryce Young podcast, but I mean, so many moments. I mean, his touchdown pass to both his touchdown passes, and he ended up with three. But but the ones to um, to Burton and to Brooks were just so pretty, and he's just so smart. Um, man, I, I that that's that's my thrilling moment. I feel like we need to just give an homage to Bryce Young here in this Nissan thrilling moment, and just say that he's just the best player we ever had. I th- I agree with you. I don't I don't know that I everybody. A lot of people like to point to John Hanna. John Hanna's before my time. But I, and I used to point to Derek Thomas. I'm going to go with Bryce Young from here on out. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. That's NissanUSA.com. Jimmy, the rest of the week, we'll probably spend a lot of time talking about this a little bit more of this game. Um, and a little bit more about the future. We're not going to give a lot of primer on Austin P. I, I, if there's a guy out there like, I wanted to hear about Austin P's offensive lineman, <laughs> this isn't the podcast for you. They are pretty good, apparently, in the FCS yeah. level. They're pretty good. Now, but what I, I want to throw out two things. I want to give a quick shout-out to the basketball team. I, I was fortunate enough to get some tickets and take uh, – I had two of my ch- other children flying and take my six-year-old with them to the basketball game on Friday night. The crowd was okay, not great, for a Friday night against um, Liberty. It was okay enough. We need to do better as a fan base. I know Coleman's not the easiest place in the world to go sit and watch games sometimes if it's not a great game. But I'm telling you, we need this, this basketball team deserves more. So I'm going to tell you something. Brandon Miller is a problem. Uh, our length is a problem. I mean, these are all the accolades I gave after the first game and after I saw the scrimmage before they won the European tour, all those accolades are still relevant. They still work. So I don't need to tell you much about this game other than Liberty is projected to win their conference and we blew their doors off. They hung around for a little bit and they got a dude that averages about 18 points a game and we shut him down, shut him down with multiple defenders. We also didn't go three of 28 from beyond the arc. And Brandon Miller, I think, hit his first three threes. I'm just telling you, the dude is a dude. Then Mark Sears. Shout out to Mark Sears. Um, bullying his way through the lane. Making things happen. Strong finishes. Multiple and one opportunities. Um, Mark Sears is – is okay, man, I'm, I'm, here for, I'm here for Mark Sears too now. So people are stepping up left and right for this basketball team. We got to play at South Alabama Tuesday, then Jacksonville State next Friday, and then we go to that tournament – out in Portland, and that's going to be a thing because Michigan State almost beat Gonzaga. And by the way, we played both of those teams, just Gonzaga much later in Birmingham, and we played Michigan State the opening round in this tournament. They're going to be they're going to be good. So just telling you that. The second thing I want to say, Jimmy, is this, and it doesn't it it does relate to Alabama, it relates to college football in general. Um, watching the Auburn Texas A&M game last night, 
All right, so Auburn has a fumble. I I had never seen the play that Cameron Latu had against LSU, you know, where he's out of bounds and then he touches the ball, so it's dead at that moment. I had never seen that before. It happened again in the Auburn game. Now, it happened a little more ambiguously in the Auburn game. You really couldn't tell that the guy was out of bounds when he did it, but because they ruled it that way, you had to stick with it. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I think the rule makes sense because if somebody's out of bounds and touches the ball, it should be dead. I'm, I'm with that. I'm here for it. The very next play, Tank Bigsby fumbles. It's clear as day he fumbles. He fumbles. There's no doubt about it. And so Auburn rushes to the line, and they get the snap off. Now, some people may say, well, that's part of it. But you know the only reason we have replay right is because people who uh, always say, well, we got to try our best to get every call right. If we got to try our best to get every call right, you shouldn't be able to rush to the line for something like that. We should try and get that call right. Or, or hear me out, we let plays like that go. And we understand this part of the game. Referees are going to miss it. We either need to do replay and make it uh, comprehensive and get every call right like everybody wants to do, which is really stupid and, and unattainable. Or we need to just get rid of replay because it ruins the flow of the game and it doesn't work. There was also another instance in that Auburn-Texas a game, and it sounds like I'm picking on Auburn here. I'm not because I can pick on – Alabama's had this same – had uh, fortuitous moments in this regard, and they've also had uh, moments that, you know, hurt them. This is for all of college football. There was a clear targeting, clear targeting late in that Auburn-Texas a game. Clear as day. Couldn't have been any more targeting. The announcers say it's targeting. It's called targeting on the field. The, the little goober they got that, that is the head of officials that comes on, he says it's targeting. What do they do? They overturn it. No, tar- no targeting. So if we don't know what targeting is, and we don't know, and we can't get to replays because the other team runs up to the ball, why do we have these two things? Quit wasting my time with them. Either call it and do it right, or get rid of it so we don't ruin the flow of the game and I don't have to get home at 11 o'clock at night because you take forever. I- am I wrong here? Uh, no, no, you're not You're not wrong. I-, I disagree about getting rid of replay. I would like to do replay a little differently. I don't want to get rid of it because I think replay is there to prevent a clear injustice. But the problem is the way it's used, or the way it's currently being used, or the way that uh, – the end result is I would ask the head of officials or is, is replay helping us get the game officiated more correctly? Sometimes I really doubt that. I, it doesn't seem it works. The The call that bothered me because it really is a call that may, we may find out that call kept Alabama out of the SEC championship game. But there was a, a spot in the LSU-Arkansas game uh, that 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 uh, gave LSU a first down. It was as bad of a spot as I've ever seen. That was upheld on replay, and I, I just could not believe it. it. It was like you said earlier, Luke. Clear as day, the guy was a full yard short. If I'm wrong, okay, half a yard short. But no, it was a full yard short. Should have been Arkansas ball. Arkansas with the chance to win the game potentially help Alabama get back to the SEC championship game. But no, um, the, the officiating in the SEC screwed up again. I, I, I think, and I'm not just talking about Alabama games. I'm not about all games. 
I think SEC officiating this year has been as bad or as worse as I've ever seen it, which is saying a lot. And and something needs to be done. And and as proof of this, I mean, I don't know what exactly they're complaining about, but Ole Miss fans are furious this morning about the officiating in the Alabama Ole Miss game. And I'm not exactly sure what their complaint is, but regardless, there isn't a morning where 14 teams aren't getting up complaining about what's happening with the officiating. I mean, I just looked it up. I mean, Alabama and Ole Miss had – Alabama had five. Ole Miss had six penalties. Alabama had five penalties, 45. And Ole Miss had six for 50. I mean, see, to me, now, unless there's some egregious stuff going on, like serious personal fouls, here's the other thing. An Ole Miss got punched Kendrick Law in the face after Brooks's touchdown. Yeah. And that was not called. And, and I mean, okay, again, if you want to say they were pushing and jawing or whatever – but when you punch somebody in the face with a face mask on or not, that should be – that's the whole thing is don't punch. I mean, if you sort of give them a push, we get it. But if, when you punch them in the face, that's a different animal. But anyway. Yeah, offsetting you know, penalties were, were probably the wrong call to do offsetting. But do offsetting. Yeah, I would have taken offsetting versus nothing. Yeah, at least say you can't do that and that Kendrick may have started it, but Kendrick didn't punch the guy in the face <laughs> like the Ole Miss guy did back to him. Uh, Kendrick sort of, I think, might have, you know, gave him a shove when the play was over, maybe. Uh, but the Ole Miss guy's retaliation was over the top. And uh, But, again, that should be offsetting at least. It, and, and, really, the real call was probably personal foul on Ole Miss. I'm, I'm just saying that Ole Miss fans woke up today really upset about the officiating. All right, buddy, that's going to do it for today's podcast. We'll be back tomorrow talking a little bit more, diving into this game some more, and then, uh, you know, getting ready for the end of the year. A lot to talk about here these last couple of weeks. Unfortunately, we won't be getting ready for an SEC title game, but you know what? That's okay. We're backing up to get a running start. We will talk to you guys again soon. Until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.